left fielders. This is the Infielder Spotlight Podcast, powered by Left Field Investors. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. Welcome to the Infielder Spotlight episode, where one of our infielders share their story with host Chad Ackerman. Listen in to gain insights from our community on how to create financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the LFI Spotlight. I'm your host, Chad Ackerman, and with me today is infielder Trevor Oldham. Trevor, appreciate you coming on. Enjoy having you on the show. Yeah, thank you, Chad. Excited to be on the show and to chat today. Yeah, we're excited to have you too. We like getting the diversity of communications in the spotlight and trying to share people in all different parts of the journey. And I'm excited to have you on. Maybe you're a little earlier in the journey than a lot of the people that we've had on, but I think there's great value in sharing those stories as well and who you might inspire that's sitting on the bench and really analyzing like crazy and everything, trying to figure out how to plug in. So I'm excited to have you on. Appreciate you joining. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah. So we always start out with easy stuff. Could you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what do you do, those kind of things? Right now I'm located in upstate New York, so I live right outside Albany. My wife and I actually just moved here back in September, originally from Massachusetts, pretty much lived there my whole life. And my wife and I decided we want to move out of our apartment and it was looking in Mass and looking in New York. And it's almost like in New York, you can get double the house for half the cost. It made a little bit more sense to move here. And my wife's family's from the area. So it's not like we are moving into the middle of nowhere. So I've enjoyed it so far. And then really professionally, I basically have two things going on. One, I have my standard W-2 job that's in the affiliate marketing space. So I manage, I work at an agency and manage a couple of different affiliate programs for a couple of different Fortune 500 companies. And then outside of that, I've been running a podcast booking agency for the last six years or so, started that back up in college, and it's been profitable and figured why not? Why quit it? Just keep running in. And I've been doing that as well on the side. And that makes pretty much almost as much as my W-2 income. So it's nice having the both of those. And I've been using that to, to look into real estate with. That's great. No, that so you got the entrepreneurial bone in you already, as it is. And it's not a passive income you got going there. I'm sure it's very active to keep that going, but it's nice to have a second income stream. That's for sure. Yeah, most certainly. I know just before we hopped on it, put a fire out with a client, but yeah, no, definitely not as passive as I would like to be. <laughs> as I say, that sounds active right out of the gate. That's for sure. That's great. It's nice to hear the well-rounded start to your careers and everything else. And congratulations on the move. Hopefully all that goes well. So talk to us a little bit about your journey into the passive real estate investing world then and what got you started, what kind of sparked that and what has your journey been like so far? Yeah, most certainly. And I think looking at the story, when it looks from my business perspective, so in my company, we were with a lot of real estate investors. So one day my business coach is, why don't you invest in real estate? And I was like, well, I've never really thought about it before, but sort of just put it on the back burner. I was like, I don't want to manage. It's like the tenants, toilets, termites, the three T's sort of thing. So put it on the back burner and then really wasn't really thinking about it. And in this year, 2022, I was looking to just get my company out there a little bit more. And I started attending networking groups. And when I was in those networking groups, there was a lot of syndicators. And then I was like, oh, well, I could passively invest in real estate. So that sort of turned me on a little bit into the passive investing side of the investing in real estate. And really what happened to me is 
I was in one of these groups and I messaged one of these individuals that I'd met at the online networking group. And I had an hour phone call conversation with him. I can remember driving in the car and talking to him and really just him telling me his experience. He was about a year and a half into passively investing. So he was a couple of steps ahead of where I was. And I told him, I don't know where to begin. I don't know what syndicators to talk to. I have no idea what I'm doing. And he basically gave that back to me and said, those are just excuses they are coming up with, I challenge you to invest passively within one year. So this would be August of 2023. So I took that on as a challenge. I went on to bigger pockets, just trying to understand the difference between a 506B, 506C deal. That's how new I was. And really just started interviewing different syndicators, talking to different sponsors in all different asset classes, whether that was multifamily, mobile home park, self-storage, um, even mortgage notes. And just talking to all those different syndicators, I made it a goal to talk to about three new folks per week just to get a lot more insight. And yeah, it was definitely uncomfortable in the beginning trying to learn the terminology and everything like that. But honestly, what really made it feel real for me that it was a possibility is this was back in October before I had made my first investment. And I believe Steve, one of the co-founders of the LFI group, he was going to be in Boston and he put a little thing out there and said, hey, I'm going to be in Boston. Anyone in the area want to come join? And a few other folks from Boston were going there. And I was actually going to be back in Massachusetts at my sister's house that weekend, about 45 minutes outside of Boston. I said, hey, let me go and join. And when I was talking to LF, a few of the other LFI members, I realized that they were also W-2 professionals or business owners that were passively investing in real estate. And it wasn't something that was made up. Because I mean, you talk to syndicators, and they make it sound like it's the best thing in the world. But just talking to the other LFI members in person made me realize that this was something possible and, and it was something that I could definitely do. That's awesome. Yeah. I can't tell you the confidence level that I had, how it grew when I started talking to fellow founders and others that have been in the community. To Because too often I talk to my friends and they're like, you're crazy. You're going to give your money to some stranger. You know, what's the odds that's going to work out for you and everything else, but they're just not educated on it. So it was great to find that community of like-minded individuals that understood it a little bit more, could teach me and I could teach them as I learned as well. So yeah, most certainly sounds like you've had a similar experience. That's great. So you had the meetup, you did all the kind of due diligence, talk about you have gotten into a deal then at least one, what was the first deal like getting into it and pulling the trigger, finally taking action on something? Yeah. So the first deal was, is I actually had some crypto that I had. So I ended up selling that off. I only had about like 2% of my net worth into it. So a very small chunk of it. And I was like, I want to try investing in alternative assets at that time. So I actually invested in Chris Savani's company, 70 Investments. So he has a mortgage note fund. And he, pays it, he I believe at right now, he pays 8% on, and you, you can bump it up depending on how much you put in. So I put in my money in with him, received my first distribution. I believe it was in November. In December, I was like, oh, like, this is pretty cool, but I want to go on a bigger school. I understand the mortgage notes, but I want to rip off the Band-Aid and put like just a lot bigger of an investment in. And so what I did is I came across a deal. It was a triple net lease opportunity. I had previously spoken with this person. She was one of the first sponsors that I had spoken with and I'd been on her investment list, taking a look at the deals. And I just came across this triple net lease opportunity, corporate grade tenants, five to seven year leases, seven to 10% annual cash flow, something that's very safe very conservative, not going to make me a millionaire overnight per se, but want to just ripped off the bandaid, sent her the money. I think the scariest thing was wiring her over the money and waiting for that confirmation to come through. So did that back in November. And then earlier this month, love the consistent monthly cash flow, but I realized I want more of an equity play next. So I'd come across the self-storage development deal and it just seemed like a good opportunity. I saw the deal back in 
September, it was a 50K minimum. I'd be a first time investor. So I said, hey, could you budge? Can I just do 25K to start off? They said no at that time. But I saw the fund was closing in the middle of February. So they had about five days open left of the fund. And I went back to them and said, hey, can I put in 25K? And again, this is my first time investing with you. And they were like, oh yeah, sure. This time it was, I think it was because the fund was closing. I was able to put that 25K in with them. So that was my my other investment. And then now I'm part of the a tribe, a few of the other Alpha members. And we're looking at a multifamily deal or a couple of multifamily deals. So that's really what I'm saving the cash for to invest in the multifamily space as part of the tribe this year. Nice. Very good. Well, a bully for you for going back to that sponsor and asking a second time. I think that's great advice to give somebody that's trying out that maybe you caught the person on the wrong day or to your point, the fund was closing. They were a little more flexible, but good for you to follow up and ask again. And it worked out that you were able to get into that at the level you wanted to get into as well. So I think that's fantastic. And that's like the biggest thing for me is just, we're just ask again, especially as the fund was closing on a month to say I would do that for every individual. I was just, I had that 25K in the bank. I saw the fund was closing and I was like, hey, I want to, I want to get in this deal, but I can't get in with the 50K. I love the deal in September and I still love the deal now. So I was happy I was able to get into it. Good for you. That's cool. And then you're in a tribe. Can you talk a little bit about your tribe experience and maybe explain a little bit about what that is for listeners? Yeah, most certainly. So the tribe has been awesome. So I believe Jared, the founder, I guess the main point in the tribe, he's sort of our leader that we look to. I, he posted something in the forums. I believe it was before the new year started. I'm looking for folks that would be non-accredited to invest in a deal. So I'm non-accredited. So sometimes it could be hard for me to find a tribe if you have split accredited just for the deals that are out there. So all of us in the tribe are non-accredited. I believe there's about 11, 12 or 13 of us in the deal. It's been good. We basically meet up on a either once a month, twice a month, a sort of cadence. And then it's really good. We're sort of getting ready to invest in our first deal. I would say probably pull the trigger on that in the next month or two, but it's been great pulling our resources together. So between about the, let's say 12 of us, we're each going to be putting in about eight or nine K and then that's going to get us to about a hundred K. And we're going to split that across two different sponsors that have a minimum of 50 K. So just from my standpoint for putting in a 10 K into the deal along with everyone else on the tribe, I get to experience two other sponsors where normally it would cost me 100K and I get to see how they are. And then who knows down the line, if I have that 50K for the minimum, I could invest with them based on my experience. It's been phenomenal. And then just from a learning curve too, of having the 12 of us in that group, sharing ideas, talking about different sponsors and things like I wouldn't even think to look out for, someone else's has looked out for. So it's it's been phenomenal being part of the tribe. Hi, this is Zach Haptonstall, CEO and co-founder of Rise48 Equity. At Rise48, we partner with investors like you to purchase large apartment buildings that we renovate to increase the value and create a profit margin for our investors through monthly passive cash flow distributions and profits on sale. We're a vertically integrated company specializing in the Phoenix, Arizona and Dallas, Texas markets with over 200 plus full-time W-2 employees who are focused on making sure your investment is taken care of. To learn more about Rise48 Equities multifamily investments, schedule a call with me at rise48equity.com backslash invest. Self-storage has been one of the fastest growing real estate sectors for four decades straight. With inflation on the rise, it may be the hedge you're looking for. Spartan Investment Group identifies low-risk, value-add investment opportunities in commercial real estate. Their private debt and equity opportunities offer stable monthly payments and predictable returns. 
And since they put every investment through a 700 plus point due diligence checklist, you can invest with confidence. To learn more, visit Spartan-Investors.com. That's great. Oh, I would even challenge you to take it back to your tribe. See if you can't talk those sponsors into letting you in for 25 as well and spread it over four sponsors instead of two. <laughs> that's a so, good idea. Just to be fair, you can still ask. Like all they could do is say no, I guess. Well, that's great. So can you talk about, you mentioned bigger pockets a little bit as maybe a resource. Any other resources you could speak to that have helped you along the way? Yeah. So like you mentioned, definitely bigger pockets. Attending these networking groups has been phenomenal. There's a bunch on LinkedIn. You can just search for them throughout the week. So those were really good just attending for an hour and meeting different sponsors. I would say Brian Burke's book, I was trying to get the hands-off investor. That book was phenomenal for helping me. And then honestly, just the LFI group as a whole, coming in was sort of on the fence. I was like, hey, do I want to do it? Best decision I ever made was to join the group. And which is just, I think the first week I was in the group, I just went through all the forums and just, I just learned so much. Like here's a deal that I thought looked good, but the sponsor return. This doesn't make sense as an investor because the sponsor is just getting too much and different things like that. Are I come across a deal that I think is good and then I go about it, look in the form and someone else has already talked about how the communication hasn't been good. So really being a part of the Enfielder group has just, that's probably been my biggest learning curve has been in there just talking to the folks in the group and then also just reading through the forum. I try to stay up on it on a weekly basis and see what everyone's talking about. And then two, if I come across something on my own, that I'm unsure of, I can put it in the group and within a day or two, I'll have four or five members commenting on it and helping me out. So just that knowledge sharing of the group has just, that's really what also helped to accelerate my knowledge. That's great. Yeah. It's the power of the community. I jokingly say we may all go down together, but at least, you know, you have company along the way just because you had other like-minded people that agreed with you, but that's good. I appreciate that tidbit. You're a little earlier in the journey, but you've gotten into a couple of deals. Can you speak to any kind of lessons learned or advice that you might have for those that are a couple steps behind you too? Yeah, I would say the biggest piece of advice would just be ripping off the Band-Aid. There was almost like analysis, paralysis, that sort of saying I was looking at deals all the time, talking to sponsors all the time. And eventually I got to myself and I was like, I just got to invest in a deal. I just got to rip off the Band-Aid for this triple net lease opportunity is a 25K deal. And I say, hey, if I put 25K into this deal, let's say that it was a Ponzi scheme. They took my money and ran away. I would lose about 15% of my net worth. So not ideal, but at the end of the day, it's not like I'm putting everything I own into this specific deal. So that was I just ripped it off, put it in and realized, hey, I actually enjoy this. And then two, just hop on calls with sponsors and they're there to talk to you, especially early on when I had questions. I didn't understand what an IRR was or what an equity multiplier was. And just trying to understand all this new terminology is just getting on a phone with a sponsor. And for me, it was like, again, super uncomfortable. But after 10 or so calls with sponsors, I started to get understand the lingo, the language, started to understand what a good deal, what a bad deal looks like. Or when I'm talking to a sponsor, I could tell within the first five minutes of the conversation whether I would invest with them or whether I not would invest with them. So you start to pick that up, but really the only way I was able to do it and someone else out there that's looking to passively invest for the first time is you just got to start having these conversations. You just got to start looking at deals and then make it sort of put an end day like, hey, I want to have my first deal invested in in six months and three months, a year, whatever that may be. And then two, with regards to money, whether however you're putting in, I just ended up selling some assets off in a brokerage account and then flipped it over into cash. And that's how I invested for those folks that have an IRA or 401k, just have that plan in place. So when the time comes where you see a good opportunity, make sure you have that cash available on hand because it hasn't happened to me, but I have heard of 
sponsoring offerings closing up in two or three days where they literally are fully funded. And I don't want to put myself in a position where if I come across a deal and I know I'm, I have the money to invest, I want to make sure it's readily available to get into that deal. Those are great tidbits. I really like the idea of setting the timeline to your decision making. Give yourself the time to study and analyze and get comfortable, but give yourself an end date. I think that's a great piece of advice just to have a target to keep in mind and motivate you towards and so forth. So great piece of advice there. So all of this going on, lots going on in your world, it sounds like. What are next steps for you? Where do you head from here? Yeah. So for me, just continuing to save up. And basically the monthly cash flow I have coming in from Chris's company and the triple net lease deal, just put that in an account. I try to save a couple hundred dollars a week, just put that straight into the account for real estate and just really just trying to build up that capital. I mean, for me, and part of the reason I wanted to get into passively investing is I have my W-2 job. I have my own company. And I realized like, I don't want to be doing this forever. When I look at my 401k and I don't want to wait till I'm 60. I recently, I was 25 recently, just turned 26. And I was like, I don't want to be doing this for 35 years, dealing with clients at work, dealing with clients in my own business. And for me, I realized like my goal was always get 4 million in retirement. And I do the math, a 4% return, 160K a year. That was always a number in my head. And then when I started to piecemeal it through real estate, I realized I don't necessarily need 4 million. It just made the numbers just so much more simple. So for me, it's just continuing to build up that cash flow. And, and on my end, I'll also build up my own income where eventually I could be an accredited investor because I see ATM and car wash deals that I, I want to get into, but they're just only accredited only at the moment from what I've come across. But yeah, that's really the next goal is just keep building up that passive income stream. Like right now, it's about 500 bucks a month coming in from the deals and want to just keep growing that up. My first goal right now is really cover the monthly expenses. And right now it's about 2000 a month on my end. So just continue to grow that, get that knocked out and you're a quarter of the way there. So that's good. Yep, exactly. Just keep building that up. That's good. That's awesome. Sounds like you're well on your way too, Trevor. You've really got a good start to all this and you're gaining a lot of knowledge. We thank you because you've gotten very engaged with Left Field as well in the forums, helping out with a new subgroup that we're coming out that'll have a good name here eventually <laughs> that will broadcast. But we really appreciate you getting engaged with our community as well. There's a lot of value in that. So thank you for that. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you to everybody that listened today. We appreciate you tuning in as well. And we'll see you next time in the spotlight. Since you are here listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're investing with a group of people. Whether you're investing with family or friends or like-minded people in the left field investors community, group investing is a strategy that can get you into more deals, help you diversify, and go beyond what you can achieve by yourself. Before TribeVest came along, it was difficult to overcome all the hurdles associated with group investing. It was basically a strategy reserved for the wealthy. Not anymore. Now, TribeVest helps your group with everything from incorporation, collaboration, banking, and equity management tools all in a single place. So you can focus on building wealth with the people you know, like, and trust. I'm using TribeVest for all five, now six, of my investor tribes. It's a game changer. Check them out at TribeVest.com. Visor provides investors with a secure platform that displays a comprehensive view of all of their holdings on a single holistic dashboard from real estate syndications to private equity, crypto to traditional investments with AI driven, unbiased, honest insights to maximize return. Visor is your one place to rule them all. Automating performance tracking, projecting future cash flow, 
analyzing all your financial documents and much more in one powerful solution, making it easy to follow the money. Sign up for a free 30-day trial now at Pfizer.co. Thanks for hanging out in the infield with us today. If you're interested in becoming an infielder, you can find us at leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email directly at chad at leftfieldinvestors.com. Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing said on the show should be considered financial advice. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Passive Investing from Left Field and Left Field Investors. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.